Today we're talking with a ruckus maker who was a ruckus maker as a teacher and now as an administrator. But we start off with a story of teaching constitutional rights and civic action to seniors. And maybe, just maybe, it ruffled some adult feathers. But for the kids, it was a powerful learning experience. And they really uncovered something about themselves, which is an incredible gift to give to a young person. Hey, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. We'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. Establish your legacy with Harvard Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty as you develop the framework, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community. Get started at hgse.me forward slash leader. That's hgse.me forward slash leader. Ruckus Maker. I want to tell you about a remote blended learning tool your school needs right now, Smart Learning Suite Online. As a teacher, you can create, store, and deliver lessons from anywhere, no smart board required, and your students can access and engage with your content from any web browser on any device. No matter what your classroom looks like right now, Smart Learning Suite Online offers many options for flexible learning, engaging students via collaborative workspaces and game-based activities. Smart Learning Suite Online integrates with tools like Google Classroom and Microsoft Teams, making it an easy-to-use way to create engaging content and connect with students. Learn more and get started at smarttech.com forward slash learning suite. That's smarttech.com forward slash learning suite. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. Hey, hey, Ruckus Maker. I'm joined today by a high school administrator, forever teacher, mentor, coach, Gen Z mom, and wannabe Dorothea Lang. Erin Igo is determined to make a difference by helping young people discover how they can too. Erin gets her students a seat at more than just the lunch table, engaging them as change makers whose voice matters. Erin, welcome to the show. Hi, Danny. Nice to be here. I'm really honored. Yeah, this is fun. So uh, you caused quite a ruckus teaching constitutional rights and civic action to seniors. What was the change they were seeking to make? And I'm curious, too, how did the adults respond? Yeah, adults are the absolute key um, in all things students. Well, I first started uh, that adventure because I was getting bored with my own curriculum. So if I was bored... I, I was convinced the kids must be too. And uh, I'm the kind of person who really likes to have a seat at the table, make meaningful impact. And I wanted um, my kids, my students to be able to do the same. So I discovered the Constitutional Rights Foundation and was able to get a grant um, and was the first teacher in Northern California to do the Civic Action Project. And I made it really the cornerstone of my curriculum. 
And so when they get to my class, it's a semester as a, as a senior, either first or second. And the first day I engage them in learning about civic action. Uh, what are, what's the knowledge, skills, attitudes, and actions you need to be civically engaged in a, in a good citizen? Citizen meaning anyone who lives in, in this country. And they really, really take to it. And what it is, is um, really problem solving and dealing with the causes versus the effects and really breaking down the roots. Because sometimes, you know, you have a cause, but then there's all these many causes that, that, that lead to it. And, and we learn about our government that way. And so what I found with my students, and I was in a high school, about 1,100 students, pretty diverse, 35% socioeconomically disadvantaged, about 33% uh, Latino. I had a number of newcomers. I had kids who, you know, were long-term language learners, meaning they they were born and raised there, but spoke another language at home. And they were really, really engaged in their community and they wanted to make a change at our school. So they sought out to do that. And the adults were really great. And most of the time, um, there was a point where my students, we, every Monday would, we would cap and they would go down to interview the administrators or counselors or, or try and do things out in the parking lot. And eventually I was, was asked to stop sending my kids down to the office. And I just said, no, they need to engage in their, their world around them and they have chosen their schools to make better. And it's our job to do so. And so anytime they'd come back to the classroom with, you know, having been turned away and for whatever reason, I made sure that we went over, you know, what adults can and cannot do um, and how to approach them. Because sometimes they weren't exactly sure and how to react or anything like that. So um, I did coach them in that as well. They were able to learn about public policy. A lot of our work was around uh, California education code. So they became really kind of experts in that and uh, more than the adults, actually. So the way the adults reacted to my kids engaging in civic action, for the most part, they were really supportive. There was a time where it, I guess, became a little overwhelming for them. And they uh, asked me to stop sending my kids down to the office to interview them. And I simply said no and that it was our obligation to do so. And so I made sure to coach my students in how to approach their administrators, but also um, making sure they held them accountable to their, their job, which was to help them engage in their school community. Yeah, it, uh, I'm sure that put you know, students in an interesting position and wondering like what the heck's going on and stuff. And uh, you know, I think at, at some point too, there was some sort of... Uh, school board meeting or whatever, and, and, and uh, some interesting outcomes from that. So, yeah. Oh, so great. Um, so, you know, one of the most rewarding parts of being a teacher is when your students who struggle with, with school for various reasons have tremendous wins. Um, and it's through hard work and uh, meaningful work because these projects that they do, they choose and they choose the people who they're working with and they, I, I help them find exactly what it is that is driving them. And so uh, I had a group of students who wanted to make their cafeteria better. And this group of students were socioeconomically disadvantaged. And so they relied on the cafeteria for, to, to eat in, in for breakfast and for lunch. And I couldn't have them all do the same project. So I said, sure, you can do it, but you have to come from four different angles. And they did. And their projects were so wonderful that I said to them, hey, 
I think you should take this before the board. I'll help you. So we crafted a presentation with their four uh, projects together and they presented before the board. And the board was so impressed, they committed to creating a food, a student food advisory council the following year, which they, they did begin implementing. And it was probably the, the most incredible, I would say the number one most powerful and meaningful moment of all of my teaching, my 15 years that I spent in the classroom. And it was my second to the last year. Um, before transitioning to administration, leaving, I left the boardroom first and I saw, I still see it in slow motion. Each of the kids coming out and the looks on their faces gives me chills still to this day. They couldn't believe what had just happened. And some of these kids, Danny, were maybe not going to graduate because they weren't even they, passing my class because we didn't just do the CAP project. They just astounded me and awed me. And what I think this project did for them is show them that their voice matters, that they can make a difference, that they're smart, and that being passionate about something and caring about your community and working together can really, really make change happen. Yeah, that's such a gift, right? To give your your students. And uh, what I appreciate about the story too, it's not like all of them were traditional high achieving students as a school would see, but you gave them an avenue in terms of uh, something they cared about and you helped them see how much their voice mattered. I can relate, you know, not so much in voice, but mm, when you set your mind to to big goals, right? Because when I was in high school, you may have heard this story on the show. A ruckus maker that's listening right now probably has too, but I invited all the you know, all the uh, kids of appropriate age to run a marathon with me and, and, and raise uh, money for clean water projects around the world. And over a wow. handful of years, you know, I think it was over 100 kids trained and participated. And it was something like 85, 87% of those kids actually completed the entire marathon. Uh, and we raised, you know, just north of $25,000. But seeing those kids cross the finish line, I was a mess. Like I was crying so much. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, man, cause, cause they would finish, they'd cross, they would hug me and they would say, I, I can do anything. I said, that's right. You can do anything. They can. Yeah. You just have to let them. Yeah. And create those spaces, those opportunities. So you, you, you did that as a teacher. Now you're in a new role. So what does it look like to make a ruckus as an administrator? <laughs> Well, I'm an assistant principal, so it's known it's known as people tell me it's the worst job in a school. And and I don't get the worst part. It's definitely a tough job, but if you are in the right place and you know, you're hired for a reason and you are given the opportunity to they give you agency to show how you can make a difference, it's the most rewarding and meaningful job in the world. So transitioning to administration, you know, I, I had done pretty much every leadership opportunity as a teacher as they could. And I loved the classroom, but mainly because of the relationships I had with kids and what I was seeing and what they were doing. I also um, ran peer court, was a restorative justice coordinator. And I saw the powerful um, change that that caused in our campus as well. And so where I am right now, I sort of have carte blanche to 
be the assistant principal of student services. So what I've been doing since I started uh, six years ago is, you know, people come in my office and they say, oh, this is, you know, I wouldn't want to be in here. And and I laugh and I say, I'm actively rebranding this position. And I've been doing that since 2015. And what it, it what I have learned is, you know, what I loved about teaching and what is why I became a teacher, I could not do this job if I didn't have that. And so I've created an opportunity to do that. So I basically just seek out anywhere I see kids, teachers as well, obviously, especially the newbies that come in. But I, I see them for who they are. And I try my best to give them opportunities to be at the table and making change happen in our community and beyond. We have a lot of work to do, as most schools do, and it's their school. And this generation of kids is, they're pretty special. You know, every generation has their their hiccups, mine does too. This generation, they're activists and they want in their learning and in their school something meaningful and they want to be part of it. And they have a pulse on what's going on in a different way than I do. And I know that. And part of that is I'm a mom to kids this age. And I've never lost that either. I remember being this age. And so I'm always trying to put myself in their shoes. And it's it's incredible seeing what they're doing. They're helpers. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing their strengths too. Because a lot of, you know... I don't think I've heard it on the show, but there's there's some adults that that look at that generation uh, and they're just not seeing the strengths as you see them. And I see it too. You know, there's sensitivity to uh, social issues or the environment uh, and and they really care. They do care about meaningfulness. Um, So I'm not going to do this just because you're supposed to do it. But like, how does it make the world a better place? That's what I want to be a part of. And I do think that's a great strength. So thank you. uh, Thank you for highlighting that. Yeah, they want they want it um, they want it everywhere. So it's it's in the classroom. That's where the most work needs to be done. Something else I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I know I know you identify with this term ruckus maker. Uh, I can make up a million reasons why I think you do, but I want to hear it from you. I'm just curious why that why you see yourself in in that term. I think because anybody who has a vision or sees change a need for change is going to be going against the grain. And, you know, in our profession, business as usual, that's the security. So, you know, fear of change, really, it's normal. But I think also it's fear of uh, doing something wrong or being judged or... But really for me, I'm, I do disrupt bringing kids in to conversations that that they've never had a place in before or having them lead the work, they lead me. I just give them the structure and go, and I'm here, and I'll give you guidance. They're already leaders. We just have to train them and give them that seat. And and that's really hard for adults to do. So, you know, and, and adults at every level, anybody with different ideas coming from somewhere else or some kind of vision that doesn't fit the construct is going to make waves a little bit and sometimes a lot of it. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, not supported and you just have to keep finding ways to make it happen. Even if it's, you know, your course, your course goes in different directions. So you just got to keep going. And that's what I do. Well, Aaron, we're going to pause here just for a moment for a message from our sponsors. But when we get back, you know, one of your gifts is seeing uh, the positive in in everything. And uh, I'd like to pick your brain on what you've seen positive come out of this experience through the pandemic and a few other things, too. 
the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community with Harvard's online certificate in school management and leadership, a joint collaboration between the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Harvard Business School. Connect and collaborate with fellow school leaders as you address your problems of practice in our online professional development program. Apply today at hgse.me forward slash leader. That's hgse.me forward slash leader. Smart has an incredible research-backed tool that allows you as a leader to self-assess your capabilities at the school level or broader to help you with planning and prioritizing. Discover your strengths and best area of focus across five different modules, including leadership and remote learning. The tool inspires collaboration with your colleagues and provides massive value whether you complete one or all five of the modules. You'll get a personalized report that shows where you stack up against other ruckus makers and map some areas of focus that will have the greatest impact for you. Take 10 minutes and get started with this EdTech assessment tool today. I suggest beginning with the strategic leadership module. Check it out at smarttech.com forward slash profile. That's smarttech.com forward slash profile. Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. All right, and we're back with Aaron Igo and... Yeah, I want to. I want to hear. Uh, I know you mentioned um, earlier on our intro call some stuff with students and, and the positive things you've seen actually come out of the pandemic, and it's so important because I, you know, I had a coaching call today with uh, just a really awesome school leader, and uh, she's in a dark spot and just super frustrated, as many educators are right now. One thing I've learned through experience is uh, when you're in those tough moments, um, first, it's normal to get there. But if you don't want to stay there, it's really hard to be dark and, and frustrated and all, all those sort of negative emotions if you're also uh, looking for the positives and, and, and expressing gratitude. That doesn't mean ignore tough things, right? But uh, there's a time and place for everything, and it's about shifting focus and controlling your mindset. So what, what's some positive that you've seen come out of the pandemic? Yeah, and I can't say I've not been to the dark. I have too. Either. I mean, we all go there. I have to pull myself out because my kids are right across the hall, and I need to be their mom, and I need to be somebody who's modeling for them what I want them to be. And I'll say, I haven't always done that through this pandemic. I've been serving other kids, you know, 15 hours a day, seven days a week for months, but my kids see that too. So for me, you know, I've seen lots of positives come from, you know, I really think that this is a paradigm shift in for this generation. They are going to be the character that they are building, the, the, the flexibility, adaptability they have to have is an extraordinary thing to ask from teenagers. And they are doing an incredible job. And I have seen kids, you know, the kind of the blessing of this is they have a lot more time 
And because, you know, it's pretty intense to be in high school these days and especially at mine. And these kids are such doers. They, I've seen more. I've never seen so many kids wanting to help other people as I do now. And especially little kids. They want to help out the little kids in their community. So they've created mentoring programs, all virtual. I started working on a peer coaching program. That's just launched. I had one, a, a junior girl leading that. I'm working with the middle school psychologist and one of my new teachers. And we're mentoring freshmen, seventh graders, eighth graders. They're doing peer tutoring. And, you know, kids drop in. Okay, where do you want to go? You know, and they just keep, I can't, I don't have enough things for these kids to do. I keep getting emails. They want to help. And it's, it gives me chills. To, to, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. And so I'm doing my best to make that happen. We're about to embark on some work around uh, relationship-centered kind of learning. Um, and our kids are struggling too at the same time. Um, we have a lot of mental health issues and in kids that never had them before. Um, and so, you know, everything starts in the classroom. It ends in the classroom. And uh, so the importance of making connections and building relationships and making sure kids know that they matter is has never been so important as it is now. And so I'd like to engage them in that work too. So, you know, it's these are some of the blessings that have, have come. And I do think that what they're learning from what they're seeing the adults do, well, well, is already informing them. Um, I see it in my son. He knows what what the right thing is, but he can't he can't control that. So he's learning. And so, you know, there are definitely some blessings. Um, and you just have to keep keep remembering your why. I guess you know your purpose and and why you're in this business to begin with. And some some things you can't control. Only thing you can tr- can control is yourself. Yeah, I'd love to ask you about Bollinger and Tower. I know you uh, you signed up for that, which is amazing. Uh, you know, we're recording this in December. It's getting released in April. The plan is for the live event to go through this this summer, July 8th through 10th, 2021. And we had to push it back a year because of the pandemic. Things look hopeful, right? Vaccines on the way and uh, people have been practicing, you know, social distancing, all this stuff. So plans that it's going forward. But I, I'd, love, I'd love to hear why you signed up for that event. You know, just... That's it. Really interesting. Yeah, to to hear. Yeah. So, well, I listened. You know, I just I I think I told you I discovered your podcast in listening to Will Parker's podcast. When I became an assistant principal, I I had a long drive, so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And you just, I felt like you were talking to me, and that if we were teacher colleagues, we would have been the same. You know, we would would have been you know had the same right. mindset and 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 our kids. And you mentioned. Bollinger and last year. And I thought, oh, that would be so amazing to go to. But I wasn't in that space yet that I, that I could commit to something like that. I said, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do it the next time around. And then the pandemic came. And then I was on your website and I saw that it was now going to be next July. I said, you know what? I um, am the kind of person who like, I'm always trying to get better and evolve. And I need to be around people who will level me up. And I've also working with the company called Entrance Advisor, and they um, were in the the process of rebranding. They um, were originally like a college mm-hmm. counseling program, and I came on as an added piece for really developing that whole child and focusing on all the other things that I do, which is conflict resolution, community building, you know, character, and and really that leadership capacity. And I'd like to 
um, use Bollinger and, you know, being around these people who are, you know, there for various reasons, but I'm just really excited to be around people who are committed to becoming better and visioning and setting goals and really leveling up to the next phase for me. And so I've given myself several months to get there, to be prepared to be able to do that. So that's that's why. Yeah, it's helpful. So uh, let me just address the ruckus maker listening right now. And, you know, that event is about leveling up. The goal is to talk about and map out the next three years, next three years of your, your personal life, family life, professional life. I love vision. That's one of my superpowers is to teach that to others and, you know, to, to marry that also with the idea of actually executing on the plan. Uh, so I, I know it'll be extremely valuable for those that attend. Super small, so it's going to be intimate. I didn't want to do a large conference. I, I'm, I value so much that I know everybody there and can uh, develop a relationship with them. And you'll surround yourself people who are just as hungry and interested in, you know, taking it to the, to the next level. So uh, thanks again for um, signing up and really, really appreciate that. The other thing I want to ask you about too, and, and I just want to, I want to riff real quick. So Something that drives me nuts about schools is that they, uh, they'll compete with the school down the road, right? Or within the same district, you know, and uh, who's number one in the district, in the county, in the state, in the nation, et cetera. And I've, I've told stories like this before in, in, in trying to, um, you know, recruit students to a selective enrollment school and all the schools who were doing that at the time, not sharing the secrets of what worked. And at the end of the day, it wasn't that my school lost or another school, it's that the students lost because uh, it was a complex process. And if they didn't understand the process, they might apply and rank schools in a way that locked them out of all the best schools in the area. And that just, that drove me nuts as opposed to really informing and educating uh, and collaborating so that all those kids that could get into the best schools did get in. So, you know, I highly value collaboration versus competition. You know, my, my thing is everybody wins when a leader gets better. It's not everybody wins when I get better and you lose. So we all can, we all can win. It could be win-win scenarios. And I will uh, highlight a book I highly recommend. We read it in the mastermind called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. In there, he drops this idea of a just cause. And it's this, it's even bigger than mission and vision. It's this, it's this thing that uh, guides what you do, but actually is ultimately probably unachievable. It's so big, the vision and, and the just cause is so grand. You need to enroll others with you to try to move it forward, right? And this is setting, it's all connected, right? Schools collaborating versus competing. My just cause, which I'd like to share with you right now, is to grow, connect, and mentor every innovative school leader who is desiring to level up, right? So I can't do that just me, and it doesn't need to be just me, right? And so I say all that because you're in Will Parker's mastermind. You're not in mine. Now, Danny from six years ago would be like, figure out how can I get Aaron in mine? You know, how do I beat <laughs> Will? You know, how do I destroy his podcast and his mastermind? That's wrong. <laughs> but luckily, you know, I've, I've evolved and I've changed and I've matured. And I see if, if, if the just cause is a Grow Connect mentor, every innovative school leader who wants to level up, well, I can't serve everybody and I don't want to, it's great that Will's doing it. Jethro Jones is doing it and others, right? So Will has a mastermind. 
you're not in mine, but I'd love to hear about your experience in his. Sure. Yeah. So I joined his reopening mastermind just spontaneously. He was offering it and I said, hey, I need as much help as I can get in figuring out what we're going to be doing this year. And so that was my introduction. And it was so great that I, you know, it was, I was looking for an opportunity like that. So I went for it and joined his mastermind. So there's about five of us. And, you know, I have to tell you, it is, it's going to be this afternoon, three o'clock my time. It is my most favorite part of the week. I end my day with it. I actually twice a, twice a month go to another meeting, um, but I'm invigorated. And I just, it's a place where you are with people who know your world because they're living your world. And I'm the only assistant principal in it. Everyone else is a principal. So it's also an opportunity for me to learn and um, get various you know, perspectives on leadership. And their, you know, their advice to me and their feedback to me is, is absolutely the, the most richest part. And you're also really vulnerable. And it's, you know, it's really difficult to be vulnerable as an administrator, <laughs> but we, we need to be. And it, it, it's a place where I can do that. And, and Will is just so amazing. And um, he also has uh, Dr. Jeff Springer there who is, you know, leading us in the book kind of conversation, Will's book. And, and so that's been really fun. You know, it's just been a tremendous growth opportunity. And his book is, you know, each week, it's kind of crazy that I'm like, oh, well, this is really applicable to this week and what's going on with me. And that's the beauty of that book. So it's been an incredible, incredible learning opportunity. And I've taken, you know, some of the things I've learned from the other principals and suggested them you know, to my district and so, and, and to my principal and uh, other assistant principals. So uh, it's been a tremendous opportunity. It's eerie how the timing normally works out. I wish I could say I planned it, right? When this magic happens in our mastermind, it doesn't surprise me anymore, but it's extremely satisfying when we just happen to be reading the book I selected. You know, we're discussing uh, the topics or it's the hot seat. So it's not book related. It's, it's, it's related to whatever that number one challenge is. And it, the timing is perfect and it helps multiple members do exactly what they need to do that week. So uh, the value is incredible. It's been the, you know, you, you talked about that amazing moment with your students, like this has changed my life and it's such an honor to serve leaders. So uh, what I recognize is some people resonate with me. Some people resonate with other facilitators. Uh, and that's great because it moves the just cause forward. So we'll link up information on how to join those masterminds, both masterminds. Uh, I'll even throw Jethro's in there. And I think Jen David Lang has one too. So I'll try to remember to add hers because it's about, it's about growing school leaders. And so. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, we need to grow each other, you know, and that's how you impact kids. Can I make, can I comment on your just cause for a moment? Please, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Reminds me of this movie, this documentary called I Am. Have you seen that? You have to. So uh, the creator of all of like the Jim Carrey movies, I forgot his name, but he made this movie and it was, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but basically he starts off with what's wrong with this world. Uh, 
I am, you know, what's right with this world in the end, I am. Mm -hmm. And when you were talking about competition versus collaboration, there was a part in there that struck me, I I can't get out of my head ever, is several shots of, you know, wildlife and moving together. Birds, you know, deer, they all look up at the same time. And he he references Darwin. um, And he says that Darwin's theory of evolution in The Origin of Species, 95% of that book was about cooperation among the species. 5% was about competition. And that's what we took. (laughs) And so when you see cooperation or collaboration, what you see is a tremendous things happening. And competition's fine, but competition through cooperation, I think is really is really where it's at. Because when you just compete, you're othering people and all you're doing is perpetuating what we already have. And, um, and so that's just what that reminded me of that. You should definitely check that, that film out. I will. And thank you for the feedback on the Just Cause. So Aaron, if you had the opportunity to put a message on all school marquees around the world just for a day, what would you put on there? Well, you know, what's funny is every time I listen to your show, it changes. So this, one of the principles in the reopening mastermind I don't remember her name, unfortunately. She's a principal in San Antonio, Texas. And she said, it's their future, not ours. And I can't get that out of my head. Every day when I come to work or I I, I wake up and I look at my kids, it's their future, not ours. And so I guess it would be a marquee that's from, you know, adults, you know, it's their future, not ours, you know, Um, and, and their voice matters. So I think it would just be that. And it's a great reminder, I think, as a mom and as, as, as an educator and as a woman, that everything I do is impacting this next generation. You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitations, your imagination. How would you build your dream school? And what would be your top three priorities? Okay. Well, I would say my top priority would be that every, we're always getting better. We're always evolving. You never get complacent. We're always trying new things. You know, creativity. I think it was Sir Kenneth Robinson said, you know, kids go to school and there goes creativity. And I'd like the opposite. Creative thinking is the most important thing. So I think that's that would be my priority in terms of kind of the mindset of everybody. And the role of the adults would be the second priority. Every single adult should have a a role with kids on on campus in terms of building relationships. We want every kid to be connected to an adult on campus. It's really important. And really showing them and modeling for them what kind of humans we want them to be. And so really centering our practice around building community and building them in character as doers and leaders would be my second priority. And then... Third would really, it would be real world. I, I was a project, a PBL teacher. And so it was really all about, you know, addressing problems and trying to solve them. And you do that collaboratively and you learn a lot of, you know, you heard my story about my, my students. And so, you know, problem solving and really purpose-driven, you know, um, meaningful work and engaging them in that in all subject areas and really integrating that would be a dream. That would be. Erin? <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. And of everything we talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? What you do matters. Always remember why you're doing what you're doing. Give yourself compassion and grace. Be patient with yourself because the kids need it. 
and it's for their future and give them that voice because it does matter. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.